0: the mandalorian din became a dad and he traded in his minivan for a corvette and it's like (laughs) look you look really cool but this is just not practical you're a father now you need to have a minivan
1: Nanu Nanu, everyone. And yes, I just dated myself with that reference. Welcome to the Dagobah Dispatch, where it is all Star Wars all the time. Well, and apparently Mork and Mindy. Uh, Whether there's a Star Wars show on or not, we're here to talk about it. Uh, Because just like the Energizer Bunny, we keep going. And this week, we will be playing another round of our favorite game, Star Wars True or False. But this time, the tables have been turned as Devin will be quizzing me on said topic, and I will be forced to make the tough calls. Tough calls that now need to be made by a very untough man. Am I up to the task? No. But I'll (laughs) give it a shot anyway. All that, plus some new Star Wars news coming out of Comic-Con that we'll get into, and your voicemails, it's all coming up right here, right now, on the Dagobah Dispatch. I am Dalton Ross, joined as always by Devin Kogan. How you living, Devin?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to to get into this episode.
1: You know, I, I referenced the Energizer Bunny. Do you have like a, a a specific brand of battery? Like, if you're at the CVS, that you like, do you are you an Energizer gal or a Duracell broad, or do you go like just generic brand, like the cheapest? What do you do with your
0: battery? usually just whatever's cheapest. I I love a generic. Um, you know, whenever I'm at Costco and they have like the big giant pack of like double A batteries, I'm like, great, I'll get one of these, so I don't need to buy batteries for the next. <laughs> 10 years.
1: There you go. All right. I'm, a, I'm a big
0: fan of, of a Costco run. You sure know, you I, I love Costco.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to play some star Wars true or false in a minute, but just want to do a little housekeeping first. Uh, obviously we've got some voicemails we're going to play later from you all. Anytime you want to leave us a message, please do so. If you want to be part of the show, 657-799-1566. That's 657 You know, Devin, I always give the number twice just because that's the old radio host to me We had a radio show. Right, yeah, there wasn't necessarily a rewind button then, so you had to give it twice. Now with the podcast, they just can hit that little like 10 second back button or whatever it is, but old habits are hard to break.
0: It's It makes us sound, I don't know, more professional, like we're, we're hosting a radio show okay. um, as opposed to just like sitting at our kitchen tables, you know, speaking into, into podcast mics.
1: Yeah, uh, which is what we're doing. Uh, so anyway, uh, any anytime you, if you want to weigh in on something that we're talking about, respond to something, do it. If you just have some other questions, some Star Wars related thing you want to throw it at, at us, do it. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. And so um, please do so. And we'll play some voicemails a little later in the show for this episode. Uh, also, poll results. You can, if you listen to this on Spotify, you can vote in our poll. We have a poll there every week with each episode we put up. And the poll this week, which I forced down Devin and Sammy's throats, which is, what is the plural of (coughs) purgle? Because everyone keeps making fun of me because I think the plural of purgle is purgle and not purgles. And so I said, let's just put it to the people. Let's put it to the people. What is the plural purgle? And there was an overwhelming winner here, Devin, with 89% of the vote. The people say the plural of Purgle is
0: Purgle. They went singular. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I will say I officially just looked it up on Wikipedia, which, when in doubt, always go to Wikipedia because they are the, the experts and they go with the singular purgle. Let's go. You are correct.
1: Let's go.
0: You I- are you are correct. It says purgle were a semi-sentient species of massive whales that lived in deep space, traveling from star system to star system. So, according to Wikipedia, you are correct.
1: Can you just tell me I'm correct again? I don't feel like...
0: Absolutely not. You get it once. You can hit the rewind button. This is not radio where we have to say it multiple times.
1: I'm giving my acceptance speech now. Sammy, here's what I want you to do. Put in like some like, you know, like I just won an Academy Award, like whatever the big orchestra (laughs) music and all the clapping. I'm going to go now like, okay, now I'm going up the stage.
2: This is the first Oscar
1: and sixth nomination for... Dalton Ross. Oh my God. This is amazing. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, wow. Uh, I didn't prepare anything. Didn't think I'd be up here. Um, I- I'd like to thank my publicist, uh, Kristen Baldwin, <laughs> uh, my agent, Nick Romano, uh, my hairstylist team, Sam Highfill and Ashley. Uh, they've did an amazing job. Um, of course, pr- Oh my God. I almost forgot. Producer director, Sammy Junio. Thank you so much. Uh, wow. Just to all the fans really. You guys made this possible, and this this
0: this one's for you. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Oh my God! All
1: right, and You're- hopefully, I'm I'm hoping Sammy put like some outro music, like after I said good night. Like it's like then more clapping. Like I'm walking off the stage. No,
0: they, I'm I'm gonna tell Sammy to actually like start the orchestra swell about halfway through and, and cut you off. Like you know your your speech is going on too long.
1: I don't know. Right. We're, we're gonna have him play you off. <laughs> <laughs> I would still get played off. By the way, you would hundred like percent get I won. played off. And like the, then the question is, do you just keep going? Do you just go through it. And I realized, you know what always makes, gets me really stressed out when I watch an award show is when there's like a group of people and like it's like in one of the categories, like they made some documentary, right? Like they made like a documentary short. Let's just say documentary short. I love documentaries. I like love documentaries. So I feel like I can say this like they're they're probably this they're never getting up on that stage again right like this is the culmination of their career and it's awesome so they get up there and there's like three of them and the first person talks and they take a little too long and then they realize it and then they're like they try to like they turn to someone else do you want to say anything but then there's that pause when they do that and you know what happens you can never cut, pause they cut the mic and the orchestra comes in like they'll cut the mic and it's so brutal so if I, Devin if you me and Sammy won some big award, some big podcasting award, which will BT Dubs never happened. <laughs> Sammy might be up there with some other podcast. It's not gonna be this one with us. No. <laughs> but if we did, we'd have to time it out so that there was no pauses in what we were saying, or else the other people would get cut off.
0: The the pause is a rookie mistake. You can never pause or like turn away from the audience because then immediately they will they will cut you off and they will they will start to play the orchestra. Um I, so it goes
1: I, I sort of feel like if Lauren were still part of the podcast, I mean, won, Sammy would purposely pause so that Lauren didn't get to say anything because they're weird beef for some reason. Like,
0: you keep trying to make this beef happen. Know. Why? How is Sammy beefing with literally everyone? All I
1: know is Sammy said they did not want to go on mic this week. They, 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 right before we went on. So if they don't want to weigh in on this, that's their decision. But, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just keeping it real.
0: Dalton's like we gotta we gotta throw Sammy under the bus at least nine <laughs> times an episode. That's it's not a dig of a dispatch episode unless that happens.
1: Uh, all right, last thing we gotta get into just some news that, we'll, that we want to make sure you all are aware of. New York Comic Con was this past weekend here in New York City. I Actually, moderated a a a big Walking Dead panel there, and the Empire stage it was tons of fun. And uh, but there was another panel that's more in in tune with this podcast. Lucasfilm Publishing did a panel. At the NYCC and basically just broke a bunch of news in terms of really their sort of comics division, like their Marvel comics coming out, uh, Devin. Uh, So there's been this Bounty Hunters series that Ethan Sachs does. That's going to wrap up after January's issue, which I think is issue 42. Uh, That's the bad news. If you're a fan of that, the good news is he's going to move on to write a Star Wars Jango Fett miniseries comic. That's going to be coming in March. So uh, the fans of Django Fett can look forward to that. What is a little more pressing is two things coming out in January. One, Jody Hauser will be doing along with Timothy Zahn, they're gonna adapt his novel Thrawn Alliances for into comic form. I've read this book, I don't love this book. I've talked all about like my love-hate relationship with Thrawn books because I loved all the early ones, and most of the recent ones I just don't think are as good. But I did reference this as we're talking about Ahsoka Devin because this is one where it basically takes you know without spoiling anything this, the, the book is about Thrawn and Vader working together and the, the empire uh, the emperor wants him to go explore this place Batu and there's some disturbance there and go check it out. But what the book does is it sounds cooler than it actually is sort of is in practice is there's like half the book is flashbacks to when Thrawn worked with Anakin Skywalker. So pre-empire So it shows them working together when he's Anakin, and then later when he's Vader, which is kind of interesting. Then when you look at Ahsoka and Thrawn kind of referencing his familiarity with Anakin Skywalker uh, and Vader. So anyway, just want to put that out there. That's kind of interesting. So that's coming out in January. Uh, And then also in January, here's the big headline. There's going to be a Star Wars Mace Windu comic book coming out in January to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Phantom Menace. And it will be written by our former coworker and our podcast guest, Mark Bernardin is writing oh it. God. Yes. How cool is that?
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love Mark and he's been doing such amazing work. Um, like he's written some really incredible stuff recently. So I am definitely going to have to pick that up. I can't believe it's also the 25th anniversary I of know. Phantom Menace. Good Lord. Crazy.
1: I know uh so yeah that's great we'll we'll um, i'll talk to mark we'll get him on the show when that's going to come out so he can uh talk more about the mace windu comic but i love it like i you know there's a cool mace windu expanded universe book that i guess now is not canon anymore but um i just feel like mace windu expanded universe stuff is
0: usually pretty cool
1: because he's like a really interesting guy who's sort of really almost f- like his whole fighting style is flirting with the dark side Devin, which is kind of interesting
0: yeah, everything about him is so he's he's kind of like unlike anybody else we we see in the prequels, or, or really like any other Jedi we see at any point. And I think you know I I really love Samuel L. Jackson's performance, but he's such a interesting character, and there's so much like the movie sort of hinted like his past, and like there's this depth to this character that he like he's one of those characters who's just ripe for you know spinoffs and comics and books, and just like wanting to know everything about this guy and how he got to got to be where he is.
1: Uh, So anyway, that's, yeah, that's coming out in January. Super excited and congrats to Mark for doing that. You can hear our episode with Mark, just scroll back, uh, where he basically talked about, I think it was like the biggest sort of moment of each Star Wars film, went through every single film. Super fun. It's great. Go check it out. That was a
0: really fun episode and Mark's the best. Yes. All
1: right. Let's have some fun this week, Devin. Uh, We're flipping the script. I've done this to Devin. I did to Lauren Morgan once as well. And it's a game we call Star Wars True or False. Which it's not like a like a, a like a, a quiz like answer game necessarily. It's more of just like a forcing someone to stake out a position on a Star Wars topic. So I did it to Devin. Turnabout is fair play. So now Devin's gonna hit me up with some Star Wars true or false. I feel like I maybe gave you the questions in advance when we did it, so you could prep. You definitely did not do that for me, which is I did not do that. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna
0: put you on the spot. I have no idea what's
1: coming up. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, Devin, go ahead. Hit me up with your first one unless there's anything you want to say before you uh, get into it.
0: No, just that I had a lot of fun trying to come up with these questions. I mean, I I ran into a couple and I was like, oh, we've already sort of discussed these on the show. So I tried to pick things that we haven't talked – well, some of these we've talked about. But, um, you know, things that that we haven't talked about super in-depth. And, um, you know, part of the fun of, of doing true or false is that, you know, a lot of times when people ask me my Star Wars opinions I'm like well I really like this thing but I didn't think this works as well no with true or false it's binary yes or no yeah. you got you got to say yes or no so um I'm excited to get into this with you I guess we will start uh with pretty low stakes one um but you're one that warm, you're warming me up but one that I feel very passionately about um so number 1 true or false here we go The Mandalorian's new Naboo starfighter is a better ship than the Razor Crest, true or false? False.
1: It's e- it's easily false, and I know you're going to get mad at this, but you know what? It's just it's too small. It's too, like the, the 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 Razor Crest had like was bigger. It had more things happening. I like the st- like I like where he would put people that he had to deliver. He'd stick them in those like little like you know like storage bins or whatever whatever you want to call them. Um, there's just more happening. You go up, you go down. Like there's just more room. It was more interesting. Maybe not as sleek, but uh. I definitely, if I could pick either one, I'd definitely pick the first ship, no question. And I feel like you massively disagree.
0: No, that is the correct answer. That is 100% the correct answer. I feel very strongly about this.
1: Why do you feel strongly about
0: it? I think that, look, the Naboo Starfighter. Aesthetically, it looks very cool. You've, and it gives you the chance to have little baby Grogu in the dome where an astromech droid used to, used to go. And so now you get mm-hmm. to see little baby Grogu in this cute little bubble, and it's incredibly adorable. It is not practical. At all. For a bounty hunter, for somebody, uh, you know, like raising a small child, where do you store everything? There's no storage. Yeah. It's like when I watch HGTV and people are like, I love this house. And I'm like, but where is the storage? Where are the closets? How, where do you put the, the people, if you're going to be a bounty hunter, where do you store them? There's where is the bathroom? What is the bathroom situation on the Starfighter? I don't know. There's like you can't even stand up and walk around in it. I I think it was a huge misstep to replace the Razor Crest, and I feel very strongly about it. So I'll try
1: and like put myself in the, his shoes, his his boots, so to speak. I guess the Star Cruiser gives you more speed. I guess, yeah, right. Like I guess that's the advantage, but I I think that the disadvantages. Way outweigh the advantage, like you said. I just, you know, uh, listen. It's really actually kind of interesting. I actually have opinions on style. They're just all wrong. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. Like when I get into like fashion or style or looks or anything. Yeah, we can I just, we can tell. Yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> I'm here wearing like a free promo X Files T-shirt. That's like you know, it's like my entire wardrobe is like free free swag. So, um, but yeah, like the Razor Crest is just like there's just so much more to it, and like you can have prisoners, or you could have, you know, like, uh, transport people. Like you said, you're a bounty hunter, you're taking weird jobs, you got to get people to certain, you got to get frog people to certain planets, and they're frog babies, like, you need the extra space.
0: Yeah, it's like, the Mandalorian, Din became a dad, and he traded in his minivan for a Corvette. And it's like, (laughs) look, you look really cool, but this is just not practical. You're a father now, you need to have a minivan. You need to be able to, to take Grogu to soccer practice.
1: It's the best analogy ever It really it's is. So He's having a it's midlife so
0: crisis and he was like, "Ooh, that Corvette is really cool and shiny." But it's like, "Well, shouldn't you buy another minivan, the thing that you've been driving for several decades?" "No, <laughs> no, I want the cool Corvette even though it is deeply impractical." So, yep. I feel well, very strongly about this and look, I I miss the Razor Crest.
1: I do. Well, it, it it's actually a like this such like, such a dumb topic, but like it actually maybe has like impact in terms of next season right like if you're planning a course like well what should we do well we have we haven't gone this bounty hunter quest and he's got to track this guy down he's got to get this per- how how are you going to do that with that ship like you're going to have to come up with fixes every time well like oh well Bo-Katan's there with her ship also and they'll use that or they'll do this like unless you give him a more practical vessel you're constantly going to have to be doing like story writing gymnastics to get over around that
0: that's the thing it's like you know when you're your original trilogy you're writing a story with luke skywalker and all he's got is his x-wing and r2 so yeah of course he's going to go off to dago by himself and like have little adventures by himself with just him and r2 because he literally cannot fit anybody else in the x-wing whereas if you're you know flying the millennium falcon you can have a whole crew yeah. you got chewy you oh, got yeah. leia you got multiple droids you got lando coming along yeah. for a ride like it you know it's you got to be practical. Yeah. I, I feel very, I feel very strongly about this. And look, the starfighter is very cool. I was at Star Wars Celebration where they had like one of the practical um, starfighters, like. On display with like little baby animatronic Grogu, like waving from the the, the bubble. And it looked really oh cool. God. Like it looks awesome. It's really sleek. It's really awesome. But I mean, you go to the dealership and Peli Mato should have stared him away from that one. She should have been like, look, now you got to go with something practical. You're a yeah. father now.
1: If this is National Lampoon's vacation and Eugene Levy is there trying to sell you a car, <laughs> this is the rare instance where I'm going to say, take the family truckster. Yes. All right. Just take the family truckster. That's what you need. And that's what you should get.
0: All right. We're, one, we're, we're in agreement so far. Great. One and one. I love it. This is, this is one that I feel very strongly about. And I'm glad that we are on the same page. All right. Yep. Number two. Han Solo should not have died in The Force Awakens. So we could have had a scene with Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill.
1: It's really interesting that we talked about Mark Bernardin earlier, our friend and his show that he was on, because this was a big, huge thing where he, I remember, said on our podcast, "If you don't have those three on screen together at the same time, you failed the test." As much as like, um, you know, The Force Awakens is is uh, really fun in parts, even though it's just a remake, it's still, I think, a really fun movie. And and some great parts of Last Jedi. Devin would say all of Last Jedi is great. She's a huge fan of that, and I think there's parts of it that are astounding. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I I I agree. I agree. I mean, I I don't mind him dying because I understand the, the the what that does with with Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren and the story that you're playing out there. But if you want to have him die at some point, you have to either bring Luke into the story earlier or do some other mechanism so that they're all together and not just as like visions or dead people or what have you as real breathing human beings. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree that they should, I can't remember if this is true or false. I can't remember the way you phrased the question, but I think it's that it was true that he should not have died either way. That's the way I feel. And it was a big mistake because we never got those two together. It's like we, I talked about ad nauseum on Ahsoka a a series I generally liked, except the finale had issues with, but how could you do the whole season and never get Ahsoka and Thrawn in the same room together? Um, definitely feel the same way here. What about you, Devin?
0: I feel the same way as you. I think that this is true. I here's, and this is why this one's kind of tricky because on one hand, I really like Han Solo's death scene in the force awakens. I think it is, yeah, it's good. it is one of the boldest things that movie does a, a movie that in many ways, like you said, is very true to a new hope. And it is very much taking the bones of a new hope and just sort of like reskinning them. And and it's, it's a remake in many ways. Um, but killing off Han Solo is a pretty ballsy move. It's a it's a it's a move I really like. But my biggest issue with the sequel trilogy is that you had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill, and you never put them in a scene to get scene together. And that to me is one of the greatest sins of the sequel trilogy, um, because so much of what makes the original trilogy magic is that trio and seeing them together. Um, we'll we'll say that quartet them with with them with Chewie. Uh, you know, so I, I feel you're giving,
1: you're giving, you're giving Chewie his medal, right? He deserves
0: a medal. He's Mm -hmm. part of the central quartet. He's not as quippy as the others, but he belongs in the, in, in the quartet. Uh, so I, I feel very strongly that this, this is, this is true. Um, even though I do really enjoy, or not enjoy, I don't enjoy Han Solo's death scene, but I think the narr- narratively it's quite good. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, and I and I think that narratively Luke Skywalker's death scene is quite good. Uh, I mean, I thought that was a really really cool way to do that. Uh, don't like that he died, but I like the way they did it. Obviously, Carrie Fisher, they were kind of boxed in, and of course, and you know, we we won't get into Rise of Skywalker and all that, but but no, I think it was a a, a good scene for the movie. But again. Like Mark said, like you've said, they failed the test by not having those three together.
0: Okay, good. So we're we're two for two. We're in agreement. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm liking it so far. It's I'm almost like
0: it. we host a Star Wars podcast together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Let's let's do let's do one more and then we'll take a little quick break.
0: Sounds good. Number 3. Boba Fett is an overrated character and he should have stayed dead. Well, this is this is hard
1: because you've you've made two statements. And I agree with one and disagree with the other. So I'll take the first part of your statement. Okay. Boba Fett is an overrated character. False. Um, I, I, I'm talking about original. Yeah. Recipe. T- I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about extra crispy. I'm talking about original recipe. Boba Fett original trilogy and what and I'm talking about again to be clear. Not that there's that big of a difference, but I'm talking about a not special edition Boba Fett. But I'm talking about original films, non-special edition. So what made him so cool was that he said so little. What made him so cool was his original voice. And Tamara Morrison's voice is fine. But like the original voice sounded great. He he hardly said anything. His gadgets were so cool. You know, sometimes less is more. I'm going to make a Glee comparison. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to do this five seconds ago. (laughs) But apparently that's where we're going. Um... Britney on Glee. Britney on Glee was so great when it first started because she was just a tiny part of the show and she'd make one kind of funny, dumb, dumb comment in an episode and that was it. And then she became a bigger, bigger part of the show. And she was fine, but like, what made her so great was that it was in such small doses. Boba Fett was small doses and was just all of his armament and everything. It was awesome. Okay, then two things happened. That's the true. That's the false. He is not over. He he is. He is not overrated. The true is that he should have remained dead. And I've always said this. And that would have kept the mystery alive. And wouldn't like bring him back. It's just. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Go listen to any podcast. And Devin and I rail against bringing characters back from the dead. Because it's just it lowers the stakes when characters now die because you just assume that they're going to come back. It's emotional manipulation where they want to get this big emotional moment out of you, but then they don't, they don't have the guts to stick it out and actually not bring that character back. So it really bugs me. And then, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's this the aspect that the more you learn about him, the less cool he gets. Like the mystery is gone. The mystery of Boba Fett is gone. And the mystery was a big part of what made him so cool. So I split my vote, Devin, False, he's not overrated. True, he should have stayed dead. What say you?
0: I mean, you're breaking the rules of the game, but we'll (laughs) allow it. It's it's, it's a convoluted question. Um, I think that you are wrong. Um, I think that Boba Fett is tremendously overrated. Um, this has been one of my uh, one of my Star Wars pet peeves for a very long time. Um, it's one of the biggest issues in my friendship with our colleague Christian Holab because he thinks that Boba Fett is the coolest character ever, and I think that he's uh, he's a dummy. He's not good at his job. I think that yeah, he's really cool in Empire Strikes Back. But in Return of the Jedi, have we watched the same movie? He literally is very bad at his job. He doesn't even really do a good job of tracking Han and Leia. He just sort of like lucks into them coming to to Cloud City. Um, Vader does all the hard work. Boba Fett doesn't really do anything.
1: That's for I'm going to stop you there. That's not true. He knows enough to watch the garbage go get shot out of the Star Destroyer and that Han Solo is going to be hiding in the garbage. Boba Fett was the only one that figured that out. He was the only one, he didn't just get lucky they went to Cloud City, he followed them. We see him sort of trail them uh, with the debris.
0: I don't know, I don't think it's that impressive. And like all of the actual, like everything that we think of him as being like cool and oh, he captured Han Solo, no he didn't. He didn't really do anything, he was just there. Everything he does in Return of the Jedi is, he's a big dork, he gets knocked into a Sarlacc pit. I don't think he's, he's yeah, this cool, sucks. you know, gun-slinging badass that everyone thinks he is. Now, on the second point, absolutely, he should have stayed dead. There were points, parts of the book of Boba Fett that I really enjoyed. I'm never mad to see Temora Morrison back on my screen. Um, but I think, again, part of what makes this character interesting, even though I don't think he's very interesting in the first place, um, is that sense of mystery. And I, I think one of the biggest mistakes was uh, was resurrecting him, especially because all of the things that make Boba Fett cool, he's, he's a man of few words, he's like a gunslinger, a bounty hunter, a Mandalorian, they took all of those things and they made a show called The Mandalorian, which is about a totally different character who is a Boba Fett type. So when you make that show and then you bring back Boba Fett, you have to figure out something different to do with Boba Fett. When in reality, if you were going to make a gunslinging show about a you know wandering Mandalorian bounty hunter... Boba Fett's the obvious answer, um, so instead you, they sort of turned him into like a crime lord, but he's a crime lord with a heart of gold, and it's it's just it's messy and it just doesn't doesn't quite work out. I think that's been one of the the biggest missteps of like the Disney Plus era. Um, as much as I love pieces of that show, and and I think there's some interesting things in there. You know, we get Cad Bane, we get you know some some interesting things in the Book of Boba Fett. But
1: well, you can look at like so many times in pop culture where there's a villain that then they. Turn into either a hero or like you said, make sort of you like he comes the protagonist. I mean, that's your issue with the thrawn done,
0: books, right?
1: They've done it with the thrawn books. Yeah. They've done it with the thrawn books. They did it with, you know, you could say they've done it with Negan a little bit on and Walking Dead. Uh Xena, Xena was originally a villain on Hercules. But then they gave her a spin-off and made her made her a hero. And it was a great show. I'm not dissing Xena, but like I'm saying, we see that all the time. I don't like that. And um they all you talk about how they basically the Mandalorians knew Boba Fett. Totally true. Another one would be Cad Bane back on the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, Cad Bane was Boba Fett. He said few words. He was a gunslinger, had that Western vibe to him. And, you know, then they now have the story where, you know, Boba Fett and trained Cad Bane and this and that and whatever. And But, uh, you know, they did that as well. I, I also will point out that it's interesting that I was such a Boba Fett fan, Devin. My stupid band in college was called Boba Fett. <coughs> Like, I love Boba Fett so much. I had, I literally had a stand up cardboard cutout of like Boba Fett in my apartment. Yet I was the one when we did our Star Wars top 100 characters that was arguing to put him down the list because of everything they've done to him since. And Christian, you mentioned he was like, Boba Fett, top five. And I was like, no way. Like, he's, he would have been top five, like just the original trilogy. But all this other stuff they had done with him puts him way down on the list. So, yeah, just, you know, when you kill your characters, keep them dead. Like, that's
0: the motto. That's true. That's true. Although, I do want to go back, and I didn't realize you were a Gleek. I love this about you. So, I
1: had a love-hate relationship with Gleek. As did all of us.
0: Yeah, I, I
1: loved the Sue Sylvester character. I loved Kurt. Uh, I loved Brittany at first. And then there was a lot of stuff that kind of drove me crazy about the
0: show. Yeah, I was so. I was obsessed with, you know, the first season and a half, just like sort of like a, this show is ridiculous and I can't stop watching it. And then just it, it, I don't know if you've like gone back and watched clips from Glee, but it is hilarious to me that that is a show that aired on television because some of those jokes mm-hmm. just are just like, what? <laughs> what? It's an absolutely yeah. insane show. We should turn this into a Glee rewatch podcast just yeah i don't know if i don't know if you could get
1: away with having another character be called other asian for like a year true. or two like i'm not yeah. that probably would not fly on network television would be my guess um but uh, i've not gone back and watched glee at all but uh yeah not full-fledged gleek not full-fledged i'm just gleek. saying you know
0: if if you know we're running out of star wars stuff to talk about we might have to turn this into a glee podcast <laughs> all
1: right we'll see about that <laughs> Uh, all right, listen, we got, we got plenty more to go. Devin's got a few more, uh, true or falses for me. We've got some voicemails that we're going to play coming up. And that is all happening right after this quick break. All right, we're back. Devin is hitting me up with some Star Wars true or false questions. We got three down. We got at least two to go, unless Devin's going to throw me some bonus ones. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, Devin, what's next on the hit list?
0: All right. So this is number four on our list. Um, And this is a, I'll explain this question. This is a little bit more of a complicated question. Am I breaking the rules of the game? Maybe. But am I in charge right now? Yes. So you have to answer my question. Number four, too many Jedi survived Order 66. And if you say true, who do you think should not have survived?
1: Oh, boy. It's it's so true. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, like, just like it 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 lays bare what an inefficient plan Order 66 was. First off, also think about it. We've seen Jedi just mow down armies of stormtroopers or armies of battle droids. Like, one Jedi's worth, what, like 40, 50 of them? Like, it sort of feels like sometimes, right? And then in Order 66, the scenes we see, there's like, four or five, like, clone troopers just taking out a Jedi. It's like, how did that just happen? Like, how did this person just turns around on the bridge, blocks, like, two, two bolts from a clone trooper then's dead? Like, so A, that doesn't make sense. B, how did they keep dibs on every single Jedi? Doesn't make sense either. So, yes, too many exist. And it's, it's in all the expanded universe that we've seen in Rebels and Clone Wars and now some of these live action shows. It's in the video games. I don't have the list in front of me, so it's hard for me to say who I would kill. You're asking me to literally kill kill a Jedi.
0: I'm asking you to perform your own Order 66.
1: I'm trying to remember on Clone Wars, I watched it so long ago. I'm trying to remember if there was like that random episode where they just came across a Jedi and then just sort of, you know, left. Like it would be sort of like, remember like at the beginning of Obi Wan, Kenobi, the first episode, there's that person who's hiding from the Grand Inquisitor in like the market. And he's looking for the Jedi, and then they like string up and they hang him. Like, like that guy. That guy should not be around. And he goes to warn Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan doesn't want to get involved. Like that why did why did why did we have to have that guy? You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. I'm definitely not, I'm definitely keeping. Um, Balin and Shin—the latest examples. I guess Shin wasn't a Jedi. I don't think right? Shin was a Jedi. Just Balin. Yeah,
0: I think because yeah. she—he basically tells her like, "This is what the Jedi were." Right. Like, you know, so she seems much newer to the. She's a recent, recent Padawan, I think.
1: Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's you know, lots of. I, I don't want to kill Quinlan Voss, but like you could say people like that. You know, I I don't know. It's hard for me. I don't know if you have Jedi in mind that you're gonna you're gonna kill on this podcast. But I but I will say definitely way too many out there in that sense. As someone who loves Jedi and loves lightsaber duels, I hate it. So what I would say is, and what they're starting to do now, we know with the Acolyte, is go back in time, right? Show us all before, like more, more prequel-ish stuff, more prequel era stuff, instead of going post Order 66, where there's... Literally should be a finite member.
0: Yeah, number. I'm in agreement with you. I I also don't have somebody off the top of my head who I would just you know who I think deserve to get shot by clones. Um, but I yeah, I, this is one of my biggest issues with this. And something when I watch the prequels for the first time, and and specifically when I watch Revenge of the Sith and, and Order sixty six, you know, you watch the original trilogy, and there's this idea of the Jedi as a legend. They're a myth. It's been been centuries since anybody's heard of the Jedi and then you realize that luke is what like 19 so this was all like 20 years ago this would be like like the phantom menace is ol- is older than <laughs> than yeah. you know the distance between you know the jedi went from being this huge you know enormous part of uh the galaxy basically with with fingers sort of like everywhere around the galaxy to basically people being like oh it's a myth it's a legend and just something about that timeline didn't quite line up to me so i i always sort of figured that order 66 had to be more catastrophic and not just, like, destroy the Jedi physically, but also, like, you know, make it seem like they had never existed, like, do some sort of whatever, mind trick something. Um, But, yeah, because the idea – it would be, like, you know, us talking about, I don't know, like – glee and we were like oh the legends of 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 glee a thousand years ago when you, you know and it's like no that aired like 10 years ago um so yeah. i i that the timeline has always felt very wonky to me but i'm totally in agreement with you like show us some high republic stuff um show us some stuff of you know ray rebuilding the jedi order whatever that looks like i'm not mad that kane and 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 all of these cool characters stuck around and survived but also i'm like really were the clones that good at their job they they not not their best plan
1: yeah and and to your point Devin, in terms of like it was wasn't that long ago why did no one remember the jedi there's like jedi everywhere and inquisitors everywhere. And everyone knows the inquisitor yeah. the inquisitor will show up at a bar like oh my god there's an inquisitor over there they know the inquisitor are hunting jedi so everyone is very familiar with the jedi and everything they're doing around here you know, all the time, except, uh, so it doesn't really. I
0: mean, I think think you can kind of explain it by being just like, oh, a lot of what we learn comes from Luke Skywalker. And we've learned very quickly that Luke Skywalker doesn't have a great idea of what's going on around him. He's like, oh, Tatooine, this backwater planet where nothing ever happens. Actually, everything happens on Tatooine. (laughs) you just are not paying attention. It's like home to one of the major criminal syndicates. And like all of these things have happened on Tatooine and there's this whole, you know, like major city and all these things, but he's like, Oh, it's still backwater. It's like, you know, some kid who grows up in suburban Los Angeles. It's like, Oh, nothing ever happens here. And it's like, you're living right next to one of the major cities of the country. Just like chill.
1: Speaking of which they're always on Tatooine. Have we ever seen Tashi station? Like, I'm trying to remember if that has ever made it into live action. I feel like it hasn't. And I feel like at some point, like, we should see that. I don't
0: know. Oh, uh, see, I think, and again, keep the mystery. If we, if we go back to Tatooine yeah. one more the time, the mystery of Tashi the Station. The mystery of Tashi Station. That sounds like a, a spin off. <laughs>
1: I know it sounds like a choose your own adventure. Or something. It's like, can I see your power converters uh, section, please? Ugh. All right, we got one last one before we get to your voicemails. Uh, Devin, what's uh, your last one? I hope you have saved the best for last.
0: Um, I think I've saved the best for last. I don't know if you care as much about this topic as I do, um, but we'll see. All right. So for number five, our our fifth and final example of truth or uh, true or false.
1: I hope we're not playing truth or dare. That's what you're
0: <laughs> no, that would be that would be very different. A very different game. Um, number five, true or false. Lando Calrissian has the best cape in the Star Wars galaxy. It's false. And,
1: um, but there's so many, I mean, it's, he's got the best collection of capes, but that's not what you asked. Uh, you asked the best cape completely. So let me, let me go through my catalog. Reva's got a good cape. Uh, all the inquisitors that have capes have really good capes, but I think when it comes to the best cape, it's Orson Krennic, right? I think Orson Krennic has the best cape. I feel like it's the most unique cape. I like the cape as part of the imperial uniform, and you know, it's it's more of like a, it's like a business casual kind of look. You know, it's not like full. It's not like full. <laughs> It's not like full weekend party town like Lando's got, but it's like a business cash that he's sort of rocking the cape. I
0: say Orson Krennick. What about you? I think that's a, that's my probably my number two. I'm surprised you didn't say Vader, another classic cape. Hmm. Um, pretty iconic. Uh yeah. no, but I think I think I gotta go with true. I think Lando is is my guy and he's he's got the best ones. Although Orson Krennick, I mean, look, my favorite part of Rogue One, I just I love Ben Mendelson to death and one of my favorite costumes of all time so just an incredible cape just more i think we need more capes in the star wars galaxy just like we do overall like ahsoka great show didn't have enough capes um although thrawn well he doesn't really wear a cape he's mostly just like he's got puffy pants which i'm i kind of dig
1: um tucked into the boots.
0: yeah it's like it's it's they're like really puffy around the thighs and like fitted around the calves you know it's it's a it's a good look Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think that the Star Wars galaxy needs more capes. That's, that's my thought. Yeah. I I mean, like, you know, or maybe not like, again, maybe it's just like very
1: strategically placed. Um, like I said, I liked Reva's cape. Um, so maybe it's just like, maybe again, maybe less is more, maybe less is more, or, you know, maybe someone's going to raid Lando's closet and steal his capes and then they'll be everywhere. Look, um, when we get
0: the Donald Glover supposedly writing this this Lando Calrissian movie that's coming out, um, I hope we get to see all of the capes. I hope he has a different cape in every single scene. You know, even in like the same scene, he just tries on multiple capes.
1: <laughs> While talking to people, Like, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It'll like cut to somebody else and then it'll cut back to him and he'll just be wearing a different cape and like nobody will comment on it. He'll just be showing off his his full collection of capes.
1: Uh that was awesome. All right, uh, listen. Um that was our Star Wars true and false. You uh, you all can feel free to send us some true or false questions that we'll answer if you want. 657-799-1566. It's so nice I got to say it twice. 657-799-1566. You can give us a Star Wars true or false question or we'll answer or leave any thoughts or feel free to disagree with with uh, our hot takes this episode, respectfully, of course, but feel free to disagree or agree. You can give us a call all the time, 657-799-1566. Uh, let, we have a few uh, voicemails we'll get to this week right now, reacting to last week's episode. And let's start with uh, Pritch from the Dirty Jurors.
2: Hey, y'all, great episode, bringing Lauren back. It's uh, Pritch from the Jersey Shore. So, Dalton, shout-out to that Jersey connection. And uh, don't listen to that tyrant Sammy. You were right. You nailed it. It was Pritchard, not uh, Pritchell. But anyway, I digress. So, great wrap-up here. Uh, you got into the eyes thing. I don't know. I think the eyes thing are cool. I figure. I feel bad for those actors having to wear the crazy lenses, though. Um, the Valen School storyline, I would love to have had everything spelled out and, and cleared up for us, but then, you know, what's left after that? That being said, had they fleshed it out more, that would have tied their hands more. Nobody could foresee Ray's death, RIP, but being that they left it the way they did, gives them the most flexibility. I really hope they recast it and continue that storyline, but if they choose to not recast it, now they can really explain it just about any way. I, you know, maybe he made it the lights and, and I don't know now he's the father or, or the son or whatever. So it really frees them up to kind of finish it and uh you know, I, I hope we see that too. But uh great commentary. I agree with a lot of what you guys said in retrospect. I was kinda of high leaving that message right after the finale. But yeah, there were some issues and you know, it's Loney I trust and Favre I trust and they'll continue to give us great content. Appreciate what y'all do. Have a good one.
1: All right, there's Pritch apparently driving down the Garden State Parkway uh, <laughs> leaving his message. It sounded like calling Sammy a tyrant. Wow. Wow. Justice for Sammy. Harsh word. Justice for Sammy. Look salmon. at that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I first want to comment on the eyes. Um, I, I had no issue with the eyes, as Devin and Lauren did, but I do want to comment about what Pritch said about the, the lenses. Devin, I've only worn contacts once in my life, and it was when they made me into a zombie for The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I, I I may I may have shared this story before, but it was the worst. Now this was a long time ago. This is like a decade ago, and I assume that they've gotten better since then. But they were so bad, like bad. They had to put them in my eyes. I couldn't do it myself. But then they dried my eyes out so much. They irritated my eyes. They had to put drops in in between each take. And they still were so aggravating. Eventually, they just had to take them out. And my eyes were so bloodshot and terrible. They actually didn't need them because they looked so awful. <laughs> they were like,
0: great. You look like those... a zombie already.
1: Yeah. It was, it was those things are no joke. And I've heard they've gotten better because I talked to like the Walking Dead team. who you use them and like, oh, yeah, no, they're much better now. Uh, you still got to get the drops. But, but yeah, those things are rough. Those things are rough. And I wonder at some point if they just literally, you know, use CGI for the eyes.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I have worn contact lenses my whole life. Um, up until about a year ago, I got LASIK surgery. And so now I have perfect eyes and I don't need mm-hmm. them anymore, but I wore them my whole life. And, um, regular contact lenses that like you and I would wear clear ones, um, can be very comfortable. You don't even notice you're wearing them, but the specifically like the special effects contact lenses, um, specifically if like they change the shape of like your pupil. Um, I've talked to a lot of actors and they're like, it can be brutal and they can be really, they really, really dry your eye out, especially if they're not not like specifically fitted to your eyes, you know. I interviewed, you know, when I spoke to a lot of the actors on Ahsoka, most of them were just like, yeah, it was fine. I mean, um, Lars Mickelson was like, yeah, I mean, somebody would come around with eye drops, you know, in between in between scenes, and, and that really helped. He was like, you know, you get painted blue, you get red eyes; it's just part of the job, um, you know. I, it's a surprise to no one. I'm going to bring this back to David Tennant. Um, but I know oh, he's boy. talked about on on Good Omens, which is out now. He has like snake eyes, basically. And they basically limit his vision because they, they lower, you know, because they turn his pupils into from circles into slits. Like he's like got snake eyes. And so he just keeps bumping into things because he can't see anything, which is <laughs> really funny. So um, yeah, I'm always fascinated by it by how they do it. But I do think, you know, I I think the contact lenses sometimes look a little bit better than the CGI. I just I think that you know there's something about the human eye and like the way it moves that can be very very difficult to do in um, in CG. And so um, you know, beauty is pain. Sometimes you got to wear the contact lenses. So I I will
1: say one thing that was interesting that Pritch said that I hadn't really necessarily thought of this angle of it talking about the the potential recasting of bailon School since uh, Ray Stevenson obviously tragically no longer with us, and it kind of goes back to your boy David Tennant actually and Doctor Who in a sense. This is they're on a planet of magic, perdia massive r- magic,
0: regenerating.
1: The, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's regenerating like Doctor Who, but maybe there's some sort of situation right where he is changed. Like I said, maybe not into necessarily the father or brother, but like somehow. He does take on some different form. This isn't a a planet of magic. Like, you know, it's not like this is a a show that's happening on Earth and you have to try and somehow explain it crazily. So maybe there's a way to do something. You and I have said we don't want to see it recast, but I think the majority of people do. And at least if they are gonna do that, that maybe is the way they go about it, Deb.
0: Yeah, maybe it's I, I I don't know. I I don't envy the creative team having to to try to figure that out. Um and I'm very curious kind of where where it might go. But yeah, I, I'm I don't know. But I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of different ways they could take it. And I think you're right, the fact that it is we're dealing with magic, we're dealing with um, you know, uh ethereal force dimensions, we're dealing with, you know, things where where the, the usual constraints of of space and time are are not you know kind of on the table so there's a lot of options I'm, I'm very curious to see um, where they go alright let's let's uh, let's see what our next voicemail caller has to say it's Owen
3: hi my name's Owen uh, I was just calling in response to a few things now that the discussion is over for the series of Ahsoka I like that you guys brought up that the idea of Ezra wearing the helmet is kind of in character I thought so I didn't think he wore it the whole time. I think he put it on when he came out, probably a dumb move, but definitely in character, which kind of brings me to my next point, which is things making sense without watching Rebels in the first place. Something like that wouldn't make sense. I think a lot of the character things might not. I thought they did a pretty good job kind of explaining where everyone was and who everyone was. As for the stuff of Mortis and stuff, without... I mean, I've seen Revels, but if you haven't seen it, I don't think you need all that explanation. It can just be a thing like locks where you're like, what the What the heck is that? Like, What is going on? What will this be? And I think that's a cool thing that shows used to do. They don't really do anymore because people seem to want instance gratification these days. Um, if they don't make a season two, then that goes out the window. Um, and the last thing I want to say is I think it would be, I know that you two are thinking that they don't recast. I think they should recast uh, Ray's character because it would kind of throw away everything that he's already done. Feel it would be disrespectful to him. Like his memory by just getting rid of the story that he worked towards. I would think if I were an actor, I'd want them to continue the thing that I worked on so, so much, but that's pretty much it. Otherwise great job guys.
1: Thanks Owen. Um, had a lot of points there, Devin. Um, I, I- the Lost comparison is interesting. Uh, this is a very pro-Lost podcast. Uh, so I do feel, and this is going to sound really weird to say, but I do feel that like Lost actually gave you a little more explanation, uh, believe it or not, than we got here with the, with the Mortis gods um, because there was absolutely none. I mean, again, if you don't know the story, it just looks like it's a cool-looking, you know cliff that he's standing on at the end there. So I think you probably need a little more. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I you know, even the three of us, it took us a minute to process what it was. And we watched all that original source material. Devin, what do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I totally agree with Owen. I think, um, I'm, I'm hesitant to pass judgment until we see whether there's going to be a season two or not. You know, I feel like if this is a finale finale, I think it's a misstep. I think if it's part one of a season two, um, then I think it's, it, it should make sense. And I agree that I think we, sometimes we need to embrace a little bit of mystery. I mean, look, we, you know, you and I are somebody who we make our livings, you know, uh, dissecting things and explaining things and you know looking at backstory and you know kind of focusing on all these details but sometimes I I like a little mystery and not knowing where something is going. And um but I think there there's a difference between like a tease of a mystery and just like a the leaving the audience being like wait what just happened? I think there there's kind of a you kind of got to strike that balance. And I'm I'm curious to see kind of where that storyline goes next. And again I'm still waiting on a on a season two renewal fingers fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. We're waiting on a lot of Star Wars TV news. Yeah, you know, we don't have a date for Skeleton Crew yet, and you wonder how much the strike is p- playing into that, uh, especially with things like you know, I don't know if there's you know, post production stuff that like re- you know required certain things or like you know ADR. Maybe they hadn't finished their ADR, uh, which is when an actor goes in and redubs dialogue. Is that what's holding it up? Is it holding up an announcement because they want to make sure their stars there to promote the vehicle? When it comes out, is that it? I don't know. A lot of questions still ha- uh, happening out there. All right. Thanks so much for the for the voicemails, everyone. Yeah, uh, we got to get out of here. But just a reminder, you can leave us your thoughts about anything concerning what we said here today or shoot us a true or false or anything you want to bring up Star Wars related. Just leave us a message by Monday morning at 657-799-1566 to make it on to next week's show. Also, if you have just 30 seconds, we'd really appreciate it if you could take the time, follow, rate, and review the podcast. That would be awesome. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Cogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week.
0: This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Cogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.